0: On paper, this team is loaded. They're top to bottom, the most attractive roster on both sides of the ball.
1: Welcome welcome to the show that's for all things sports and only sports. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! High fly ball into right field. She is gone! Each week, Dan and Drew break down sports' biggest moments and best action. Pass is intercepted at the goal line! Oh my God! Davis is gone! This is the Dan and Drew Show. There it is. A win for the ages. Here are your hosts, Dan and Drew Walker. Happy Thursday, everyone.
0: Welcome to the Dan and Drew Show. I am Dan, and that is Drew. Good day. Once again, this is the Dan and Drew Show. And we are at the beginning of week three of preseason. And it's actually the last week of preseason. Thank the Lord. Uh, Because if you heard the podcast last week, Drew and I, we're just not fans of preseason. This is football that is not worth watching at all. Uh, But nonetheless, week three is here. And to bring us into week one of football, we are going to be discussing the teams within the North and South divisions within the AFC and the NFC. That's the meat and potatoes of this podcast. We're going to break down what these teams have done in this offseason. Drew and I are going to discuss what we think that they have done to set them up for success or things they need to work on and make this season at least bearable for their fan bases. But before we get into that, this past weekend, which was a really long weekend, if you're looking at golf with the Northern Trust up in Jersey City, New Jersey, Looking right across, you have New York City, where Tony Finau actually won. And this is the first of the three competition series within the FedEx Cup playoffs for the PGA, and Tony Finau is your winner. The golf community as a whole was really supportive of Tony Finau winning. I mean, it was only his second career win. Uh, The timing right now is actually perfect for him, but for him to finally secure a I mean, it's not even a major quote unquote, but it is a major win under his belt for his career. Yeah. Unfortunately, it came at the expense of beating my favorite golfer, which I mentioned last week on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So this isn't me jumping on the bandwagon, but when Cameron Smith went to a playoff with Tony Finau, he just completely choked, which is frustrating because he had played really good golf leading up to the playoff hole and Just fell short. Didn't have a good tee shot. Dug himself a hole. Had to get out of a bunker. I mean, it's just a multitude of things that end up costing him the win. But Tony Fino, great person. He's a good player. Uh, Again, it's only his second career win. But a lot of people around the community of golf really love Tony Fino. Yeah, this is Tony's first win uh, since 2016. Cameron Smith, who is uh, potentially going into a playoff, yeah, that tee shot, if you saw he completely shanked it, and he knew as soon as it left uh, the tee that it it was he was done with. Yeah, when you have to play your provisional, you can pretty much uh, say mm-hmm. that hole's done. You know, going into the final round, which was delayed a day because of hurricane slash tropical storm Henri, uh, brought almost nine inches of rain this past weekend, Drew, and they had to push the final round to Monday, which was actually kind of nice because, you know, coming home from work and... You get golf on a Monday. That was really nice. It was the final round too. Uh, but going into the final round, you and I were happy. Victor Hovland, who I said last week I was rooting for, you were rooting for Cameron Smith. My guy, um, he essentially screwed himself at the fourth tee when he had eight shots on a par four. Uh, now, one of them, again, was a it was a hazard, but nevertheless, that's seven. So he, he ruined his chances at the fourth hole. Yours happened to ruin his chances uh, toward the end of the round. Uh, But we got more golf coming this weekend. Second round, it's the BMW uh, Invitational, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we'll have one more week after that. So we've got this nice layer between football starting and golf ending. Um, It's a great transition for us. Speaking of transition, transitioning into what Drew and I are going to discuss. Again, the North and South teams within the AFC and NFC and we're actually alternated between doing this for myself. I've got Detroit, Chicago, Indianapolis, and Jacksonville. In addition to Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. Andrew has the remaining North and South teams. Okay. So again, how it's going to be structured this week, we're going to talk about the 16 teams of the North and South divisions. Next week, we're going to talk about the East and West divisions. Final preseason game wraps up this weekend. Again, no one cares about it. If you want something to watch because you're bored and nothing else is on, sure, watch it. But right now we're watching a replay of the Jets in the Packers game and because it's on NFL Network. And this game, it's like none of these teams are going to play. have their roster that they're going to be doing uh, coming September 9th when the season officially starts. And this is a philosophy that Drew and I apply to all sports, you know, with baseball. I don't care about spring training. When it comes to the NHL, we only pay attention to uh, the preseason because we actually go to a preseason hockey game. It's usually free for us. So we apply this measure to football as well until the final roster is set. So you have people like us who are passionate. Even if we're not watching it, I can only imagine that most football fans aren't watching preseason football. The only time preseason matters is when a player is hurt. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to talk about someone that been confirmed that this individual is probably going to miss the entirety of the season Mm -hmm. before he even plays uh, his first NFL game. And that's sad. That's, that's the only time that we really care about preseason is holding our breath and making sure no one gets hurt. We see it countless times That's one reason why they went from four games to three, Mm -hmm. uh, three games because one additional game that doesn't matter just puts players in jeopardy throughout the season. Uh, So, again, and there's a lot of different workouts and programs they have to do ahead of preseason football. But let's get into the podcast, and let's start with it. So let's do the NFC North first. How Danny's going to do his, how I'm going to structure mine. It's going to be different. That's fine. We're just going to talk about it, let you know our thoughts and opinions. But in two weeks, when the podcast releases on September 9th, the the opening kickoff of this season, Mm -hmm. we're going to give – Cowboys and Bucks. Yeah, we're going to give our division predictions – Playoff prediction, Super Bowl prediction, all of that. Now we're just going to go through all the teams and tell you: are we are we confident, or there's some some question mark? What these teams need to do to address um, in order to succeed? NFC North. Let's do with the Minnesota Vikings. I'll I'll start it off. So the the thing that the overwhelming thing for them is they got to get better defensively. They gave up the sixth most yards last season, fifth most yards per play. They were just tenth in takeaways. But the thing that's most concerning is they had the 6th worst rushing defense and they had the 5th fewest sacks in the league, meaning they were not able to get after the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is known to be very mobile outside of the pocket. Let's assume Justin Fields plays for Chicago. And Jared Goff is no slouch either with, with Detroit. So if Minnesota can't get after the quarterback, quarterbacks that are mobile are going to burn them. Well, and they got a, a key piece this week when Everson Griffin decided to come back to Minnesota, like because nobody else wanted him. Well, but I mean, that's beside Old. the point. But he has a history with Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> he had to apologize to Coach Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins this week of some past things that he tweeted in January. <laughs> uh, so it's um, oops. The, the, no. yeah, well, it, it, every bit helps for Minnesota. That their offense wasn't the problem last year. No. And they, that's a great that's a great thing to have. They're they're in a similar situation that Tennessee was in, a great high power offense, but a defense that costs you games. Yeah, but how many teams around the league were like that? We well, can say that. I think we can say that more so for teams that had good offense and poor defense versus you know why because a good I, defense versus in and in a in a bad offense because I think the 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 emphasis in this style of NFL today is to invest in the offense. Yes. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't even, and I know this sounds rudimentary when I say this, and it makes, you're going to be like, oh, duh, that makes sense. All you have to do is score more points. That's it. That just was, having, That was revolutionary. I, I'm just saying. I, I know. That's why I said, duh. Obviously, that's how you win games. You score more points. But what I'm mm-hmm. saying is, who cares how much you give away on the defense? Well, Just make sure that your offense is capable of scoring more. Because you have a situation where if your defense is, is giving up 30 points. That means your offense is expected to yeah. get 31 points. But the thing is the chiefs it puts I'll, more pressure on the offense. It does. But people magically think that the chiefs are this, the, the best team in the league. Look at their defense. Their defense really is not that good. No, it's not. And it's just the chiefs offense scores more points. And that's, that's all you have to do in the NFL. And, but I like what you said. It's true. It, this is a pass first league. This is, we want to be flashy. We want to score the most points. The defensive regime and what teams used to do, you know, you can even look at the Seahawks, you know, six, seven years ago, what the Broncos achieved, what even the Panthers did in like 2015. Those days are kind of gone, or at least they're trending that way. Now you still have some teams that are defensively, they're really good. And we'll we'll touch upon that later. Obviously their defense is the question mark. You touch upon the offense. Offense is much stronger. Having Dalvin Cook lead the way, that helps. But the thing is, he had over 68% of his team's rushing attack. Yeah. Wow. They need someone else to counterbalance the rushing game. Well, is, I, I would ask, what, is Derrick Henry? Do you have the numbers on that? Well, we'll get to, okay. I, we'll get I'm to just, Derrick Henry. We're talking stop about Minnesota. You, you said how many? Stop, stop taking thunder away. Uh, 68% of the okay, team's 68. rushing attack. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. So Alexander Madison is a backup. Do Minnesota fans believe he can help Cook? I think so. He has the ability to, but him producing is another question. He averages just seven and a half attempts per game. They're going to need to give him close to 10 to 12 attempts per game to help out Dalvin Cook because the NFC North defensive lines, they're really good. Now, Cook was able to expose them, but it's another year, another year they can adapt to him and they need to have someone that can counterbalance him. And the thing is, Dan, I didn't even talk about Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen who they both showed that Stefan Diggs wasn't needed as everyone thought. Justin Jefferson had a breakout rookie season, which I feel like that's an oxymoron in a way uh, because he's never had another season, so how can he have a breakout season? But it just seemed that way. Uh, Minnesota, as of right now, has no rookie starting uh, starters lined up on the defense or offense, as of right now. This means they have a veteran presence on the team, so there's really no excuses when it comes to having players who have been there before talked about Everson Griffin. He's been there before. He didn't want to be there again, but he's there. And guess what? He's getting paid and he needs to perform. But the question that I want to, for us to answer to every team we discuss is where are they headed? And for me, I said, I'm optimistic about their offense, but the defense consists of old players who are past their prime. Um, Mike Zimmer has always, I mean, he's a defensive minded Yeah, head coach and his defenses have always done well. He's Um, basically the Marvin Lewis 2.0. Yeah. How can you continue to be mediocre your entire coaching career in Minnesota, never win anything and still have a job? (laughs) That's a, that's a great question. We see it all the time in the NFL. Uh, Just cut bait. Lord, Mm -hmm. I I just, I'm fresh. Like Mike Zimmer, I have no personal qualm with him, but how can you be so mediocre and still have a job? Well, for a long time, that was Andy Reid and until uh, Patrick Mahomes came along. Yeah, I mean that's true. He hadn't. He had been to the Super Bowl one time with the Eagles. But the difference is, Andy Reid's not a defensive head coach. He's an offensive-minded yeah. coach. Yeah, I know. But it, the same measure, the same question you're asking, yeah. we could have asked of him before Patrick Mahomes came along. Yeah. And so for myself, I had We're going to do the Detroit Lions. You know, they've hired a, a brand new head coach who wants to rip off your kneecaps, bite them off, bite them off. I was watching a, um, an interview with Dan Campbell after they had practice and he he was talking, he was talking about his attitude. Like he said that he's an a-hole and that it. is his personality. I'm like, well, yeah, listening to you, I could tell that. At least he admits uh, it. He admits it. And I'm, I'm curious if his, if his um, players appreciate that. Uh, but for the Lions, they're in this situation with uh, T.J. Hawkinson is going to be one of the best tight ends in the league. He was he was great last year. Yeah, He's going to be better this year. Uh, he actually, you know, he'll have Jared Goff under center coming over from L.A., which I'm excited for. I know a lot of people, they may say he's a downgrade from, you know, Matthew Stafford, but he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. You know, <laughs> And I always liked Jared Goff. I yeah. never had an issue with him. His demeanor was very... Uh, even keel. And I hope that he does succeed within Detroit. Look, I would you love for him feel, to have a better season than Matthew Stafford. I would love that. You got a feel for lions fans. Their yeah. team has never seen success. They've never even been to the super bowl, uh, but they have so many rookies on the roster. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big, uh, that's a big knock for them. We talked uh, to wrap up uh, season one that they were last in league with sacks. And that's a, that's a big problem for their defense, but they're dealing with injuries with uh, DeAndre Swift, T.J. Hawkinson. Are they going to be ready for week one? That's a, that's a big blow to their offense. And, when- and, and, and any, no one's really expecting them to do well. And I think yeah. if you can even sniff a 500 record, well, you can't have that anymore. But let's say you sniff somewhere of six, seven wins. I think most fans would be very happy with that with Detroit because there is a lot of newness around the building. Uh, from the head coaching, you know top of the organization all the way down to uh, you know player personnel. There's a lot of newness and it's very, very rare in the NFL that you can be you know successful right out the gate with it. I will say within their divisions, it can be very hard for them to succeed. okay? So we got Green Bay, the Vikings. I think Chicago's in a better position than Detroit. Uh, because they don't have Mitchell Trubisky anymore well but defensively the the Bears are much better than the Lions oh absolutely I think most teams are better than Lions Mm -hmm. so if if we look at okay are they headed in the right direction I think it's too early to tell the same situation with the Panthers last year when they hired uh, Matt Rule they drafted so many I mean it was all defensive players but so many young players that that they have the youngest roster in the league But the Panthers are heading in the right direction. Yeah, they are. It's too early to tell with the Lions. You have this completely new coaching staff. You have a completely new quarterback under center. They have a completely new defense that they're building. So with Detroit, I'm going to reserve. uh, I mean, look, they can't get any worse. So I'll give them that. They're not going to get worse this year. How much better? Let's reserve that. Yeah, I like the, the culture shift that they're bringing in Detroit. I think Dan Campbell is a good coach for them. They need someone that has a kind of um, not just a physical presence, but also a voice presence. Um, Detroit's, per- they've, they've known to have coaches that are a little more timid. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But you need to shake things up sometimes. I mean, Jim Caldwell, I think a lot of people will say that they, they shouldn't he have should, fired they, him. He did not deserve to be uh, fired. But his uh, his demeanor is completely different than Dan's. Exactly. And, and that, I think that's maybe more so is the the direction Detroit wanted to head to. Uh, let's talk about the green Bay Packers. So we're watching them right now. Uh, 17, 14. Look like the jets are going to go to the Super Bowl now. Um, <laughs> but well, it, wait, wait, speaking of that, I mean, Detroit, remember a couple of years ago when they went for no in the preseason and then in the regular season, they went 16. Yeah. So. And that's why it just, it doesn't matter. And, uh, people again, it's a money thing, but who cares with green Bay? The number one thing that you have to do is keep Aaron Rodgers. Actually not keep them make sure that Aaron Rodgers is happy at all times because I don't think he is happy. So you can't keep someone that's not happy, happy. He needs to be happy and you got to do that and try to do everything you can to make sure that you're, you're just going to get through the season. But let's be clear. He is not, he's not happy. Unreasonable. He's not being unreasonable. Yeah, he's not what he's asking. Yeah. And, and he wants to be more included with, with uh, roster moves and be more included with the direction of green Bay Having a couple more weapons at your disposal, you know the thing is, people might call Aaron Rodgers selfish in this, but Peyton Manning had done this for years. Tom Brady has done this for years. Mm-hmm. There are Look, remember last sorry to interrupt, but remember Bruce, Bruce Arians said he just lets Tom just just do it. He doesn't guess coach what? him. Guess what? They want us to Bowl. Yeah. yeah. So you and Peyton Manning just inducted into the Hall of Fame a couple weeks ago. You you're you have quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that you just say wipe your hands off and say, do your thing. Aaron Rodgers is one of those people, whether you like him or not, let him do his thing. And as long as he's holding, you know, my footballs, he's going to be allowed to do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. But I think adding Randall Cobb back offers some comfort for Aaron Rodgers. When Cobb was in Green Bay, he proved to be a security blanket for Aaron. Well, let's be honest. He was also in Houston. So it's yes, but Houston's different. I mean, I would be Sucky too. If I went to Houston nowadays, no, um, I, I'm just saying that. Uh, you know, Randall calls Randall Cobb saw the tea leaves and saw that he was not going to have any type of uh, successful future. Well, I, I also Houston. think that Houston didn't really want him, but I really believe that Cobb is going to have an incredible ninth season in the league. Uh, Cobb has only had a thousand yard season once in his career. I don't think he's going to achieve that this season, but I do believe he will eclipse the 800 yard receiving mark. Now, the Packers retaining Aaron Jones was a much-needed roster move, right? I mean, he's the most overlooked veteran running back in the league. He finished fourth in rushing, averaged five and a half yards on the ground, and guess what, Dan? He only played 14 games, and he finished fourth in rushing. Now, people might say, well, James Robinson with uh, the Jaguars, he would have had more and probably would have finished second. Mm. Maybe, but I'm just telling you the facts. Now, their defense led by Zadarius Smith, who I'm high on, has the potential to maintain Green Bay to be a top 10 defense. Um, The problem though is Green Bay, for some reason, they start off really strong and then they hit a wall at some point throughout the season and they go back to being mediocre. The concerning thing is though, they are heavy on the rookie side of the ball when it comes to the defense. You know, they're not necessarily going to be starters, but when your second string primarily consists of rookies, is there, are they going to be able to come in and make those key plays and those key stops? Good thing is they don't play in an overly difficult division. If I'm the defense, I'm not scared of Justin Fields. I'm not scared of Jared Goff, and I'm not scared of um, Kirk Cousins because none of them have proved to me that they are worth being fearful of. But when they, as far as where they are headed, as long as Aaron Rodgers is playing football, they're winning the NFC North. Spoiler alert: I'm going to tell you in two weeks. Mm. I have no doubt about it. And Devonte Adams is arguably the best wide receiver in football. Yeah. He, great for my fantasy last year, too. Arguably the best. I mean, what he's been able to do and the fact that he's he's been the guy for so many years now and people still can't stop him. Well, that'll be Tennessee's um, to their advantage this year with AJ and, and Julio. Uh, and to wrap up the NFC North, I have the Chicago Bears, Bears with Justin Fields uh, potentially under center, which Matt Nagy, the head coach, has already said that Andy Dalton's going to start week one. Whether I agree with that, I don't know, but this is no, typical. I can tell you that right now. No. Well, well w- yes. I, I think Justin Fields should start. I mean, we a- Andy Dalton's been around the league for many, many years. Uh, but it's common with rookie quarterbacks, unless your team is just absolute garbage and you're the first or second overall pick, Yeah. it's common for them to sit on the bench for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and watch the former quarterback just kind of screw it up by week four or five. But depending who you are, probably week two or three, you know, uh, so I think that Andy Dalton might be included in that. Uh, Chicago, they still have a great defense. That they're, uh, No question. Uh, yeah. In fact, um, John Gruden tried to get uh, Khalil Mack back from Chicago, but what? obviously they said, they said no. Uh, but Chicago has a great defense. Offensively, you know, you have someone like Tariq Cohen coming back from a season ending injury. Uh, that should help them. Uncle so. Boy. Local boy. Yep. And with Justin Fields, look, I like his personality. Here's the thing, though. I didn't like him during the draft, though. His reaction when he got drafted. He looked like he he was. No emotion. No emotion. Just Mm -hmm. like, "Mm, yeah. Well, he was stoic. Yeah. yeah, Thanks Thanks for the draft. He said after the week one preseason game, he said, you know, the NFL is kind of slow. Oh, yeah. He got humble real quick. Boy, boy. You know, a lot of talent. Uh, former NFL talent said, who oh, will wait till the season starts? Well, you know, the thing is he didn't have to wait for the nope, season. To had to start. wait till the next game, the next game in preseason. He, God bless his heart. He, um, they were playing the bills and their linebacker just demolished him off the outside. And he and got flagged only, for it. Not yeah, He got flagged, but not only did, uh, Justin Fields lose his helmet, he lost his headband. That's how hard the hit was. <laughs> so, I do like though, that he did defend Andy Dalton there. Wait, you gonna let me talk? Oh, okay. I'm okay. well, sorry. Spoiler. Yeah. So uh, this is my time. My time. Uh, after that, he did clarify uh, that he was really talking about the fact that in uh, practice they face the Chicago's first uh, first team defense, and whereas in preseason they're not playing first reps, they're not playing players who are first reps or, or starters, if you will. So he kind of walked back after he had that a. Uh, welcome to the league moment. Uh, But yes, to address what you were talking about, I also agree he had a great response when fans were booing Andy Dalton, chanting that they wanted fields. And he said, enough with that. He said, you need to cheer for who is on the field and Andy is a human being. Yeah. That was a great response for him to have because he knows, first off, Andy should be respected regardless, but be a team player first. The irony in that, though, Justin Fields being a team player and switching schools because he wasn't the starter and got heard about it and offended and decided to well, leave. Well, that's Georgia. a little different because uh, in college you can do that. He can't do that in the NFL. No, but I, I the, you, you talked about him being a team player. Yeah. Well, he could have been a team player at Georgia instead of being a little crybaby and, and going to. Yeah, Ohio but if you if if you want to start in the NFL and you know you're not starting in Georgia at Georgia. I would also try and go to a different school where I would. You know, start. you know how you start in Georgia. Well, yeah, you could say you, you we'll start, play start in Georgia. Yeah, yeah the, yeah. the thing is, he he. First of all, there was no QB competition, in my opinion, down in Georgia. Justin Fields should have been the starter from the from the beginning. What I'm combating is your argument of him being a team player because he didn't exemplify that in college. That's that's all I'm saying. Well, it, it could be optics. Maybe he's doing this to I don't know as a PR move. I don't know. Possibly. It, that doesn't matter, and what he did in college is irrelevant now because now he's in the uh, in the NFL. Yeah, and I okay. want him to do well. I want any any player in the NFL to do well. And we why, want why players do I, to do well? Why do I want to watch players and teams not do well? I don't want my team to steamroll all these teams that are you know have three or four wins because then people are going to say, well, guess what? You played a bunch of crappy teams to the road to the Super Bowl, and therefore it's not really worth it. Now, what Tampa did. I mean, that, that's impressive. You beat a lot of good teams throughout the season to win the Super Bowl. Now, the other argument is that you, you have to worry about who's on your schedule, and you have to play that. But I'll talk about the, the AFC South, Tennessee Titans. Well, before you do that, with Chicago, what I expect for this year, Oh yeah, a lot of it is predicated upon Matt Nagy and his play calling. If he lasts that long. If he lasts that long. Matt Nagy, I think we both agreed at the end of last season. He to be he, axed. He, he, should, he should have been fired. Yeah. So he gets his a new try with a new quarter or another try with his new quarterback. I will say, though, and whether this is true or not, I don't know. Apparently, Matt Nagy hasn't been able to really draft who he's wanted to draft. And Justin Fields is really the first player that he's been able to actually draft. I don't know if the rumor is true whether he wanted Mitchell or Trubisky or not, but now that you have Justin Fields, you have no excuses because I think Justin Fields has the ability to do it all and do it way better than Trubisky ever did. No one's going to dethrone with Green Bay at this point. Chicago, you're moving in the right direction with Justin Fields. However, it's not going to be enough to dethrone the Packers, but they're yeah. heading the right direction. Yeah, right direction. Uh, you and I would both like to see Chicago do well. Uh, so the Tennessee Titans, again, Mike Vrabel earlier this week announced that he had COVID. That's going to be interesting going into the season because the NFL has basically laid down some thick old wood on if you have COVID and you screw something up, the penalties are harsh. Yeah, they threw the hammer down and then they said, you know what, let's do one more. Yeah. Uh, so, it's so strict. Very strict. Now, Ryan Tannehill, he needs to learn how to play playoff football, Right. That, that seems like a no-brainer. What he does during the the, the regular season cannot be ignored. Uh, I will admit that. Maybe the addition of Julio Jones will bring out a deeper level of quarterback play for Tannehill. The stat I brought you earlier, Dan, about Dalvin Cook. 68%. 68%. Mm-hmm. So Derrick Henry for the second season in a row. Wait, let me, me guess. For, can, can, uh, I want to guess a percentage, but go ahead. That's fine. Well, don't interrupt me, Rude. I'm waiting for an apology. No, so you keep going. So Derrick Henry again, second season in a row, rushed for two thousand yards. That's even with missing their left tackle Taylor Lawan for a majority of the season. Henry accounted for a whopping guess a percentage. I'm gonna say over eighty percent. What? Eighty percent? No, Are eighty. Carries for the team? No, no. I'm talking about rushing yards. Oh, no, not oh, carries. Not carries. Oh, I don't. I don't. Eighty percent is that's insane. Well, you said. You said yards. So, Dalvin Cook had 68% of the yards of their team's total rushing attack. What did Dal- or what did Derrick Henry have for Tennessee? Well, I would say it's less just because Ryan Tannehill, it, he, he was a runner. He's a runner. He's a track star. Um, I don't know, 55%? No, 75%. 75%. It said whopping. Oh. 75% of the Titans rushing. You harshed at me for saying 80. That's only 5% off. That's pretty good for guessing. Yes, but that 5%, that's a big deal. Yeah, but I was now I was way under. <laughs> I I'll take my eighty percent thank you. Uh that that has to change. Uh you, you can't have Derrick Henry taking the entire load throughout the season. Now their well, defense you know, a lot of people say that though, Drew, but remember his first two seasons Yeah, he uh, didn't really play DeMarco, DeMarco Murray, Murray. Yeah, took he, things, the carries. Minnesota. He did. Uh their defense was the glaring issue in twenty twenty though. Uh they now have a defensive coordinator who's calling the shots. And the players on the defensive side already expressed how much of a difference that's made so far. Now, where they are headed, this is what's going to be the biggest thing that people are going to be asking about with the Titans. How is Ryan Tannehill going to be able to give the ball to Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, and A.J. Brown? Good luck. That is going to be hard. That's a great problem to have, though. Yeah, it's a good problem, but at some point... And it makes the defense uh, a headache. Is it going to be more of a problem where when it comes to key situations within the game that you have too many options that you don't know who to give it to? Because when it's just Derrick Henry, you know, OK, I'm going to give it to just Derrick Henry. Like, for instance, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers knows 100 times out of 100, he's given it to Devonte Adams. With the Titans, is it too much of a problem where now you're trying to figure out, OK, who in this situation best benefits or... Uh, you know, can help us succeed in this moment. Like, well, if you need, if you need a one yard, or let's say, let's say two yards to get in the end zone, well, do you give it to Derrick Henry or do you lob it up to Julio Jones well, or even AJ Brown? Do what they did against the uh, the Ravens a couple years ago, where Derrick just threw it in to Corey Davis for a touchdown. But yeah, could do In that, that moment, you got Julio Jones. He has a history of those those game time crunch decisions that need to be made. It's so more, does Henry. It's more. It's more. Um reliant on Ryan Tannehill to be able to be decisive in those Mm -hmm. moments. yeah, And and I believe that he is, as he has matured and changed just completely different mindsets with when he was in Miami now in Nashville, that he's able to be more decisive in those decision-making moments and it's paid off. The problem is, as I alluded to the beginning of the Titans, is he going to be able to play playoff football? That's the biggest question. How do you see them this season though? Well, 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 I mean, my, my th- thing that I said is how is Ryan Tannehill going to be able to give the ball to all three of them? Yeah, but do you think that they're going to be better this year? Oh, absolutely. Just I, the same. I, I mean, having a defensive coordinator does change defensively. Again, you can't be worse because your defense was terrible last season. And now the thing is you did lose Johnny Smith, which is in one of, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He went to New England on a big payday. Julio Jones, though, if he can be healthy and just like any other player in the league, they can be good. I really like the ceiling that they have in in Nashville. I think Ryan Tannehill is playing great football. Derrick Henry is the best running back, pure running back in the league. I'm not talking about someone who can catch and run, strictly running. And Julio Jones, his his career spoke for itself, and A.J. Brown is up and coming. So I, I like the direction they are headed. I'm not going to talk about if they're going to win the division or not, because we're going to talk about it in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the direction, though. All right. So the Indianapolis Colts, look, at the beginning of the football year, they brought over Carson Wentz from ooh, Philadelphia. Ooh. And and when that happened, we were like, ooh, P.U. Like, Wolf. I, I wouldn't want Carson Wentz, to be honest with you. Look, he's a great guy, but I wouldn't want him as a quarterback. Uh, Indianapolis, they're still within this flux. Remember, they had Philip Rivers the year before. This past Tuesday, actually, was the anniversary of uh, Andrew Luck retiring two years ago. And so, when that when that news broke, that was quite um, shocking, if you will. Now, in terms of him retiring at such a young age, but it, we know why. Uh, so, Indianapolis, they've got Carson Wentz. We heard a couple of weeks ago Carson and one of the best guards, probably the best guard in the league, Quentin Nelson. Both of them we're going to be going under. They were both going to undergo foot surgeries. And and that was going to sideline them five to 12 weeks. Well, Indianapolis said this week, we're actually going to have limited practice for them. So this is huge. They've got one week left in preseason uh, and then the start of the season. So to have both of them for week one would be very good for for Indianapolis because at this point. If I'm Indy, I'm not playing them week one. There's 17 games this year. I'm not going to play both of them week one. I'm not. Week one. You, even if you lose, you have 16 other games to be able to to win, and that is much. It's much more important those 16 games than for them to play and one of them get hurt because you say Quentin Nelson is the best guard in the NFL. Yeah, that is a huge loss for them if he gets hurt, or even Carson Wentz. Yeah, I don't believe in in what Indy's doing quarterback wise in that room. No. So they're going to be playing Seattle week one. So that's a loss really, anyway. <laughs> that one was. It wasn't uh, looking to be in their favor regardless. Um, but Indianapolis, they they have a great defensive unit, very young. Uh, Darius Leonard has been just a boon for them uh, defensively for a linebacker. Got paid too. He did get paid. Uh, offensively, we'll see. They've got some aging wide receivers in terms of T.Y. Hilton. Oh, I can't believe he's still playing, to be honest with you. Uh, but Indianapolis they're they're in this competition at the top of the division with Tennessee. That's 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 fact right there. But I don't know if this is going to be enough talent to be able to catch what Tennessee has done this past year. Yeah. I, I they, think Tennessee has done way more in this offseason than Indianapolis has. I really like I really like Indy's defense. Their offense, not so much. They didn't really do anything to get me excited for. I think Carson Wentz is kind of a downgrade from Phillip Rivers. Yeah. They are both gunslingers in their own in their own way. Um, maybe Carson Wentz is in a new area. <laughs> if you ask me a personal question, I'd rather live in Indianapolis than Philadelphia. I would say I'm going to play the best football of my career because yeah. I'm happy to be out of Philadelphia. No no offense to the Philadelphia listeners. It's just a different city. It is, uh, but for Indianapolis, I don't think that you've done enough this offseason to keep pace with Tennessee. So the Houston Texans, Dan, I got three things. (laughs) Well, where do you start? Where do you start? Exactly. And the thing is, I don't have the time or energy or care to be able to go into the list of problems that Houston has. Houston doesn't even want Watson as their quarterback. Let's be honest. What he whether what he has done allegedly or not allegedly done. That's beside the point. But Houston is over him in regard to the attention that Watson has brought to Houston this past offseason. And they have no one left on the team. Their, their offense and defense consists of players that no other team's wanted. It's the B team, essentially. Where Houston is headed is a first overall pick. That's where they're headed. Uh, right now, you are trying to compete for the worst record so you can get that number one overall pick and try to trade out of it in hopes that some team gives you two or three or four first-round You know, first, second, around picks that you can use to replenish the team that is just so bad. I mean, Dan, I would not be surprised if this team does not win more than two games. Here's the thing with Houston, I I would agree with that. It's not only the player situation; the organization as a whole is not liked around the league. Cal McNair, as you know, he's he's passed away, uh, but he was not liked as an owner, and Mm -hmm. the the regimen that they have now. Uh, Nick Castario from the Patriots. A lot of people within the organization didn't want him. No, Deshaun Watson, just he was just so frustrated the fact that he didn't even have an opportunity to list a couple of people he would like. Uh, so their, their problems go far beyond Deshaun Watson. And yes, they are a, a B squad. Uh, I think that there are some players um, on practice squads uh, from other teams that could start in Houston. Yeah. That's how bad that roster is. And it's a toxic environment. And I agree. Two two uh winning winning two games will be generous. And that'll be solely because of Deshaun Watson's playmaking ability. I just think that's this, if he plays. It's if, if he, he plays. plays. I just think this team is not nobody wants to watch it. I don't even know why players even want to be there. I, well, again, it might be because no other you know teams wanted well, them contracts. I don't want to. I don't want to be in that building. That organization from the top is just it's not good. All right, last up within the AFC South is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's the thing with Jacksonville: I know a lot of football fans. When they have the first overall pick or the second overall, and their team gets a quarterback, they think we're going to the playoffs. We're going to the Super Bowl. Because their team drafted a quarterback first overall, mm-hmm. there as we said this a couple weeks, a couple months ago within the podcast, there is a reason why you have the first overall pick. It is not solely by one position, and I actually watched some of Jacksonville's preseason game this past week, and I regret that. I regret that decision because they are so bad still, and offensively, their play calling looks like it's something out of the Stone Age. They need to. They need to speed it up. Urban Meyer was on the sideline. You could see his facial expressions, and he was probably thinking, "What on earth did I get myself into?" The, the the roster is so it's it's horrible. Yeah. And with um with Jacksonville, they we found out Adam Schefter, of course, had to be him to break the news that Travis Etienne from Clemson, who worked with, uh, who actually played with Trevor Lawrence, uh, has a midfoot sprain, and he. Could and should be out for the rest of the season before it even starts. Yeah, because I'll no, have but, surgery on Monday. But the great thing about that is, hmm, when they drafted him, you and I were scratching our heads because they we're like, well, he's got, they got James Robinson already. Yeah. Rookie of the year. Almost had 2,000 rushing yards yeah. this past season. Yeah. I'm like, you stud. You have him. So it's. Yeah, it's not ideal. Uh, Urban Meyer said that he was going to be putting him in uh, the slot regardless with ETN uh, if he was going to play. You're gonna put James Robinson in the slot? No, no, ETN in the slot. Oh, okay. So was Robinson gonna was going to be their primary running back, but they were going to use you know ETN as a Swiss Army knife. Yeah, he, he essentially he's gonna be playing the offense what he did at Ohio State in Florida, which was ugly. Um, those teams were just they had some freak players and athletes that won national titles, but ETN lose being. Uh, being hurt, likely to miss the entirety of his rookie NFL season. That's sad. That's why preseason mm. games are more of a concern for players and uh, you know, benefit. Really, preseason games are for players who are on the outside looking in. We're yeah. trying to make those final roster spots. Who are the, the 50, 51, 2, and 3 guy? And this is why when players sign contracts, they try and get as much guaranteed money as possible. Yeah. Because of this very Smart. reason. He hasn't even started yet. And even for undrafted players, um, it's even more of a concern for them if they were to get injured. With Jacksonville, I will say, Drew, that they will have either a win or two more simply because they have Trevor Lawrence. That's that's how they'll get um maybe maybe even double their wins to four. Yeah. At most. But I would say about three. They're it look Trevor that's great you have a quarterback under center but you have so many problems on your roster uh you're going to be looking at a top 5 pick next year as well yeah Trevor Lawrence is going to be he's about to experience the first time in his life of being a loser uh because he didn't he's never, lose never lost he, he he's never well he i mean he lost in the playoffs last year yeah season, but, but but he was he, what he's done through high school and college is my goodness i mean it's incredible what he's been able to achieve as an individual uh, within football. Now, the AFC North, going to break down Cleveland. On paper, this team is loaded. They're top to bottom, the most attractive roster on both sides of the ball. Browns last season, though, they were 16th overall on the offense and they were 17th overall on the defense. So they are a middle of the road team. Dan, I want to ask you, though, can the Browns go from being middle of the road to being a top 10 overall team? Well, if you listen to certain uh, individuals on the airwaves, like Colin Coward, Who is obsessed with the Browns? It's actually kind of sickening how um, I think it's inappropriate the relationship he has (laughs) with them. Um, You would think that they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't see any team in the AFC doing that until Kansas City does something bad. They they are still just like on the on the NFC side with Tampa Bay. Okay, I think that the Browns could be a top ten team, but. It's kind of like you you see these nice rosters, and when you're part of an organization, if you're a fan of a, a team that has been historically bad. You see these nice rosters, and you say, "This is too good to be true. This can't this can't be true." And that's kind of how I feel with the Browns. Yeah, it's like where are the brownies that we have were used to that we saw growing up. Where they changed quarterbacks more than they changed underwear. So this with the with the the Browns this year, <laughs> no pun intended with that one, but <laughs> with the Browns, uh, I think they could be a top ten team. We'll, we'll see though. Yeah. So what we saw, what they were able to do against the Steelers in the playoffs, they could and should have beat the Chiefs. On top of that, they have everything. Well, there they was need. some horrible know, bad else. calls. Um, whatever. Yep. They have everything they need to win a Super Bowl, though. They do. Defense, offense, they special teams. Mm-hmm. They have it all. A coaching regimen that's actually... Yeah, um, I like Kevin Stefanski. I think he's a great head coach. I think that was a great hire for them. Where they are headed, though, they're going to be winning their division. 2021 can be a year for them. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Cincinnati Bengals. I don't have much to say on them, just simply because this week well, They do stink, but they Joe Burrow was not. Uh, he didn't play a majority of the season. Yeah, okay? got her. He didn't even make it half halfway through the season. So it's hard for me to judge a roster based off that. But the same rules apply as last year. If you do not fix your offensive line, they got some help in the the draft. But if you do not fix the offensive line, you are going to run into the same problems because your defense is not good enough. Now, they have one of my favorite players in the entire league, uh, Jesse Bates III, who is a safety, actually one of the best safeties in the entire league, uh, but he can't carry the entire defense. Nope. Um, offensively, Joe Burrow, I hope that he has a successful full season, uh, so it's hard to judge a team based off of that. However, you're still the last team in this division. Yeah. It's going to happen. There, there's. It's too top-heavy with the other three teams. You're far and away the worst team in your division. So I I think that they'll do better uh, predominantly because they will have their starting quarterback this year, Um, but you're still going to be last. You know, Dan, it's kind of scary how prophetic that you and I have been on the podcast. We had both talked about more specifically you in regard of if the Bengals don't address their offensive line, it's going to be a problem. Well, Uh it ended up being a problem last season. Joe Burrow got hurt. Uh Yep. And the biggest thing that we wanted the Bengals to draft was – Penny Sewell, in, in the first round. Well, guess what? And they said, nah, They said, no, we're, we're going to go with Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. another wide receiver, even though a wide receiver you know, room is pretty strong. But for Penny Sewell to drop to number seven, and Detroit didn't have to do a single thing, yeah. bogus move by the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals, they ended up, granted, they ended up drafting an offensive lineman in the second round. And, and we know that, that's the that's where the good talent is, second and third round. Those yeah. are the those, those are the, the value picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, no one had a worse passing offense than the Baltimore Ravens last season. The Jets were better. You know why that. you know why they had the worst? It's because their quarterback is a running back. Not okay. a quarterback. All right. Well, you know, however, the Ravens, they had a top rushing offense in the league mm-hmm. ahead of the Titans. Their defense ranked 7th though. Defense was solid. The biggest question is, what will Lamar Jackson do? Well, he said earlier this week that um, a lot of teams feel that they figured him out, and well, he said no. But his his response was, "No, teams have not figured me out. So why yes, haven't you have. changed? Why haven't you changed anything?" As I was gonna say they have because you haven't been able, you haven't made it to the championship
1: within. No. The Titans uh, made it you before you
0: did. You yeah. know, it's just their offense has to be more balanced. They have a problem just like the Titans do. Speaking of them. If you stop the rushing attack, you win the game. Jackson and Brian Tannehill aren't good enough solely to win a Super Bowl. They mm-hmm. aren't. They're not Patrick Mahomes. They're not Aaron Rodgers. They're not Tom Brady. They're not. They can't do it by themselves. Well, no team can. Uh, it's a team effort. Mm-hmm. Uh, or no player can. It's a team effort. That's what I meant to say. Where they are headed, though, kind of touches on your your uh, your little remark, Dan. They have a top rushing attack and a top defense. Jackson not answering the questions of, can he play QB? It, it, that's going to be what he's going to have to answer all season long. Mm-hmm. Is, is he going to be able to play QB? Because teams have figured him out yet. They, they have. If they haven't, what are, you, what are you waiting on? And see, the thing is, Tennessee, you know, because they played him back-to-back in the playoffs, 2019-2020, um, and if they weren't the worst team in terms of sacks, uh, or in terms of rushing the quarterback, yeah, they would. They had his number. They just didn't have anyone to get there and, yeah. and get him down. He's so slippery. But to wrap up the AFC North, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, Pittsburgh. I'm to be honest with you, Drew. I'm surprised Ben Roethlisberger hasn't retired yet. I mean, seventeen, seventeen years. Yeah, Ooh, that's a long time. And, but still getting paid. He, he's still getting paid, and he's a great presence, a great uh, uh, personality as a quarterback. He's just getting older, and with that comes more injury. Um, injuries, uh, but they, how they don't have anyone to step up right behind him. Okay. So if my concern is if Ben Roethlisberger has another, a season of injuries, who's going to step up to the plate? Sure. They have duck Hodges and they have Josh Dobbs as those look, no offense to them, but they ain't, they ain't starting quarterback material. Nope. Uh, their offensive line has either retired, traded or assigned to other teams. Okay, so that was one of their strongest units. Now it's one of their worst. They did draft a running back. Andre uh, Harris out of Alabama. Yeah, in the first round of the draft. Uh, so, th- great. You answered that, but then you lost a lot of your offensive talent to protect him. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they were uh, phenomenal last year. Now, at, toward the end of the season, they started to taper off. Uh, but nevertheless, T.J. Watt is an absolute star. Uh, they did lose Bud Dupree. Uh, now, granted, he did have an injury last year, but he's now with Tennessee. So I agree with you. I think that the Browns will win the division, but now with the Steelers, they're competing with the number two spot with the Ravens. Yeah. And honestly, in seasons prior, you could say two teams were going to make playoffs in that division. Yeah. Now, even with the expansion of another playoff team, I don't know if they're going to make playoffs. We'll see because the, the AFC has gotten so much better this season. Mm-hmm. Again, three teams out of that division can make playoffs like it did last year. Yeah. I think they are very capable of doing that, but Pittsburgh has fallen off drastically from what we see now. What they put on the field and how they produce, that's a different argument. Mm-hmm. But from on paper, I don't trust what Pittsburgh is doing. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh narrowly missed the playoffs last season. Um, I think that they're... Not going to do as well. I, it's not going to be a bubble situation with Pittsburgh. Yeah. I think that they're going to flat out miss the playoffs. I think so too. Um, but the last the last division we're going to talk about, the NFC South. I'm going to talk with New Orleans. Who's the quarterback? Is it Jameis Winston or is it Taysom Hill? I don't know. I don't trust either farther than I can throw them. Mm. Taysom can't complete a pass and Jameis completes them all to the other team. So they both have an issue with being successful. Hey, Jameis in- got that LASIK though. He, give him he, some credit. He got, he got he's squinting less. I will give credit to him though. He's one of the few quarterbacks active in the league that has over five thousand yards in a single season. He has the ability to do well. The biggest issue though, and everybody knows this, is what he's doing to limit his turnovers. He 30, he 30 fumbles the ball. Club. Thirty for thirty club. He fumbles the ball a lot and he throws it away a lot. He's just like Brett Favre, except Brett Favre was better. That's my biggest question is who's going to play quarterback. Cause he gave Taysom Hill this really big contract. It, now a lot it. of, now it. a lot of it's not guaranteed. Yeah. For me, I'm going with Jameis over Taysom Hill. Taysom uh, Hill. Yes. Uh, he, he, to me, uh, I don't know what they seen him because there's I nothing that he does well mm-hmm. in my, in my opinion. Here's the thing with Jameis. First off, I love Jameis's personality because he is one of those guys who he just is very lighthearted. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Everyone kind of makes him the butt of the joke. Uh, but he just does Jameis. Uh, but with him, it's high risk, high reward. Yes. You know, you're going to get those 30 touchdowns, but you're going to get 30 interceptions as well. I don't think Taysen has the talent to be a sole quarterback. It worked well in their offense that he was able to play that Swiss Army knife uh, that yeah. I alluded to earlier. But um, that is, uh, for for the Saints, You're you're clearly not first. And I don't think they're second. I think no. that they're competing for third. Yeah, I mean the bright spot and maybe the only spot for for uh, the Saints are is is Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara is the complete package. He's exactly what you want in a running back nowadays. Mm-hmm. Now twenty twenty one, I believe, is going to expose Michael Thomas and how overrated he is of a player. Yeah, and personality I, wise, I can't yeah, stand. He complains so much. Yeah, just get over it. But book it now, Dan. He will not be a top 10 wide receiver this season. I would agree with you. He he's not. The the defense I am confident in. I think Cameron Jordan is a stud and he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. Trey Hendrickson leaving for the Bengals is going to be a big blow for them because he had a ton of sacks. Where I think they are headed though is I think they're going to be fighting not to finish last in the NFC South. I, I 100% agree with that and with with New Orleans' I mean, we'll talk about fantasy in two weeks when we, we discuss week one. That's going to be a huge episode. Uh, but with fantasy, I would not take Alvin Kamara as one of my top running backs. Yeah, because of the quarterback situation. Because of the quarterback it's situation. So up in the air. There is so much attention that is now drawn on Alvin because they do not have to worry about Jameis or Taysom in the same way they had to worry about Drew Brees. Yeah. Okay. Even though Drew Brees, you knew he wasn't going to run. Yeah, he wasn't going to run, and he did. He likes little dink dunk ten yard passes. Yeah, but that that opens up for more attention uh, to be drawn on Alvin Kamara. Next up, Carolina Panthers. I kind of mentioned this earlier when I talked about the Lions. They are now in year two of this rebuilding, and it's rebuilding well. Matt Rule, great head coach. I love him and his personality. Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator, has worked well. He'll be leaving after this season. He probably, yeah. You you even said last year, I mean, he got interviewed last season. And so. I said he should have been a head coach, but... And I think that... That's so why I'm I, sitting on the couch, and they're out there... Making their dough. Yeah, uh, He will. I agree. He, he'll probably be a head coach next season. You have Christian McCaffrey at full health. Knock on wood. I really hope he does well, because Christian is overall the best running back in the league. Yes. Okay, now, Derrick Henry... There's no doubt that he's the best pure running back, but overall Christian McCaffrey is the best uh, to be able to have a new quarterback in upgrade. Uh, I think so upgrade. Yep. Sam Darnold. And you know, I was talking to some Panther fans and they were a little um, skeptical about it. And I said, you have to understand where he came from. You he You <laughs> cannot look at what he's done with Adam Gase as the head coach. Look at what happened with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. He completely just, it just now we're hoping that's not to say that that'll happen with Sam Darnold. Yeah. But that's what you hope for. And so at least give this new quarterback a chance. And I would say he's an upgrade to Teddy Bridgewater. That's absolutely. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. When when I think of Sam Darnold, though, and I if I approached him in New York and I said, hey, man, what's your name? You know what, what I think of in Sam Darnold in New York, what he would have responded with? You ever seen Toy Story 4? Yes. Hi, I'm trash. <laughs> that, that That's what I think of. I think of the spoon in Toy Story 4. Sport. The spork, whatever, that that's his response is, hi, I'm trash because my entire organization and my entire roster that I'm surrounded by is all garbage. He's now out of that. He's been saved. He's been rescued. I think that he's going to have a career year, which isn't really speaking much because he really didn't achieve anything in New York. But I think Matt Rule and Joe Brady are going to revolutionize him. And he's got freaking McCaffrey in the backfield Mm -hmm. upgrade. And look at the wide receiver core. Yeah, Robbie Anderson, yeah, and he's he just he's, signed to your extension, and he played with him in New York, mm-hmm. so there's some familiarity there. I really like what Carolina is doing on the offensive side now. The, the defense, well, it's very mm, young. It's different. It's the youngest yes. roster in the league. Okay, there is a lot of upside. Mm-hmm. I I think that Carolina from last year to this year, I'm more excited to see this team than any other team in the league. Yeah, because you have Sam Darnold, because you have CMC back. And it is such a young roster, but defensively, they were heading the right direction. So I'm excited for the Carolina Panthers. I think that yep. they will, they'll be competing for the number two spot, yeah. uh, you know, because it's Tampa Bay's for the taking. Yeah. T- Tampa, man, that's, I mean, they returned everybody. Yeah, We'll talk and, about it yeah, in a Yeah, I'll minute, talk but... about them in a second. It's actually going to be really short. I mean, that's essentially what it is. But with Carolina, um, they not only are going to be competing for that second spot, I think they could even compete for a playoff spot. Now, yeah, it'll probably be wild card, obviously. Yeah, it would have to be that final wild card spot. I don't mm-hmm. see them being the forerunners on it when it comes to the first wild card spot. Speaking speaking of the Panthers, the Madden, you know they do their simulators every Ugh, season. Are you talking and about the Madden codes? Well, not the codes. Those where things the teams, are annoying. But I'm saying that you know they do simulators. So who's going to go to the Super Bowl? Yeah. And the simulator had Kansas City and the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl. Okay, and I had the Panthers. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think happening. so either. They had the Panthers losing, I think it was like 10 or 14 points. It was one of the two. Um, I just thought that was interesting. I'm like, mm, absolutely not. Yeah, well, Madden has been trash for for the longest of time. It, what EA does is they just copy-paste every year and just change graphics. And updates, and all. yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it's crap. That's why I stopped playing EA games. I stopped playing FIFA in college. Well, college football, they don't make it anymore. They're going to be bringing it back. Now, when they do bring it back, I'll probably buy it. Uh, but EA is just, there needs to be competition out there because they're not being challenged at all. So, the last team for me, the Atlanta Falcons. Arthur Smith is what most believe is an offensive genius. I believe in Arthur. Like, do I believe in Matt Ryan? He lost his biggest target in Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. So, you, they were buddies for the longest of times. But I am super high on Calvin Ridley. I've said it before on the mm-hmm. pod. You know yes. my feelings on Calvin Ridley. Yes, I do. I love Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. But... Is he going to be able to produce the numbers he did without Julio Jones? Well, they have a pretty good tight end from Florida. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Just, you know, heard of him once or twice. Now, the rushing attack is weak, though. And even though they acquired uh, Mike Davis in the offseason, he produced good numbers, though, while, you know, CMC was hurt and out. Yeah. But it's a different style than what Matt Rule implemented. And I'm surprised that Carolina let him go. Because he did so well last he did. year, it would very have been well. a, one, a great one-two punch. But yeah, their defense also ranked the fourth worst in the National Football League. That's mm-hmm. a big concern. There's no one on that defense that's going to give me any indication that they are going to improve. Well, and is their defense who lost many games last year? Yes, those close oh games. Ever mm-hmm. since the Super Bowl, their defense has lost some so many close games. Mm-hmm. The addition of Kyle Pitts, though after drafting him it gives me a little bit of hope that they finally have a tight end who's going to be a big threat and a head coach who was a tight end coach himself yeah so teams already know what they need to do though they need to lock off calvin ridley and lock off kyle pitts bam threat. figured it out where's yes. our paycheck but the next threat though is hayden Hurst. so they're yeah. not worried and hey yeah. there's no knock on hayden Hurst. first of all his personal story is great i'm i'm, I'm really glad that he's able to Come out and share his personal story with the struggles that he's facing his life. Yeah. Aside it's from just that, a drop off. It's he's just, just he, he's off. yeah he's just uh, the the talent is not there with Kyle Pitts versus Hayden Hurst. Where Atlanta is headed though, they're they're headed for their fourth consecutive losing season. You have a brand new head coach, the first head coaching gig in the NFL. You're acquiring a team that lost one of the best wide receivers in NFL history, and you have a defense that is worse than the defense that you had last year with the Tennessee Titans, even though he wasn't a defensive coach. Was on the offensive side of the ball but they struggled and he's acquired a team that struggles in that same area I really like Arthur Smith though I think he is tremendous upside should he have been the head coach for Atlanta I think but, there's a lot of good coaches that could have well, fit in there but we'll see let me let me stop you for a second drew you're you know you're rattling off all these um situations where he's going from the Titans to the uh the Falcons and sure. everything's worse well first two reasons for that that's why he was being interviewed for head coach because of what he did in Tennessee. So yeah. obviously that position is going to come open for him. And second, you know, it's not often that good teams fire. Yeah. their head coach. So obviously well, and, and, and the funny thing is you're talking about the Titans. Titans are probably the last team in the NFL who's fired a head coach after winning a game in the playoffs. Exactly. It does, it's it, a great example right yeah, there. That's, so that's why, I mean, you're, you're talking about that, but that, that makes sense. Um, and, and you have Matt Ryan too. So that's a great thing to retain. Mm-hmm. I, I think Matt Ryan has the ability to be better than anything that Ryan Tanahoe had produced look, in Tennessee. Like we said, the offense was not the problem last year, it was yeah. their defense. Yeah. To wrap it up, Tampa Bay, look, this is bing, bang, boom. We're done with this one. Tampa Bay, they're bringing all their talent back. They won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady said this past week that he is going to continue to play as long as he has the chance to win a Super Bowl. I'm like, Poor Giselle and his children. <laughs> his children to be college graduates by the time he retires. Speaking of that, they did joint practices with the the Titans before they played their second game. Yeah. And his son was a ball boy. And NFL meme said on Twitter, I swear, if we have to watch another Brady for the next 20 years, <laughs> I'm going to lose it. It's uh, funny. But Tampa Bay, look, they're going to win the division. It's, uh, you're getting my pick for for two weeks from now. Yeah. They're going to win. That's That's... Uh, very evident the same with the Chiefs they're going to win their division mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk about them next week when we talk the AFC and NFC East and West and you just to kind of wrap up on this final thought is Tom Brady I really like that his he's been really he's been a punk at practices he's been yelling at players he's been frustrated and he said you guys have not done anything that's just because you win one Super Bowl, mm-hmm. like you are complacent and you don't want to achieve anything greater than that. He's like, Man, I've won six before I arrived here. Get it together. Yeah. You haven't been there before. I mean, you have, but you you haven't mm-hmm. at the same time. He's like, This is not where it stops. You don't just win one Super Bowl and say, Okay, I'm done for the rest of my career. Now I'm going to go get paid. Well, what is, Okay, if you want to go get paid, go elsewhere. But here, yeah. we're here to win Super Bowls. Well, and that was what happened with the Patriots, is that these players would win, and the, the Patriots are like, oh, yeah, we won a Super Bowl, but we're not paying anymore. And so yeah. they would go elsewhere. But Tom, and, they, and they would come back somehow. And they would come back to like, oh, we made a mistake. Yeah. But Tom Brady, what's his quote is, what's his favorite Super Bowl? The next one. The next one. one. I love so, it. That That's the mentality that him and Bill Belichick acquired and Josh McDaniels in New England. And a lot of the players up there. The next Super Bowl is the most important. This isn't just we're going to win one Super Bowl. They want to leave legacies, even though Tom Brady has already cemented the greatest legacy in the NFL history. Well, fight me on it. Even. Fight, yeah, even sports history. Tom Brady is the greatest American athlete of all time, maybe even period in any sport. Fight me on it. I will. I'll take you. Yeah, you can fight him on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, yeah, just send so. me over your opinions. Um, but that's it for the podcast We appreciate you guys listening next week. Again, you're going to talk about the East and West divisions on both sides of the conferences. Thank you so much for listening. See you next Thursday. Much love.
1: Thanks for listening to the Dan and Drew show. Catch all our episodes anywhere you find your podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at the Dan and Drew show. We'll catch you next week for your weekly hit on all things sports. Signing off.